0: Good afternoon, this is Pastor Dave Marquis talking to you on Premier Radio. Uh, Today we're finishing the first uh, series of our talks, uh, which we've called Consider Him. The reason for this is that we felt to encourage folk at this difficult time in the world to concentrate on the person uh, of Jesus. So this is the last, as I said, in in this series, and today we're going to be talking about Jesus the coming one. We'll start our talk based on John the Baptist's question to Jesus in Matthew 11 verse 2. He sent to Christ and he said, are you the one who was to come or should we look for another one? You know, that's a jolly good question, isn't it? The world's been promised a saviour since the very, very beginning of time And the nation of Israel had been anticipating the coming of a Saviour for hundreds of years. Here was Jesus, and John the Baptist has poured his life out in service to prepare the uh, coming of the Lord, and yet he sends Jesus um, and says, Are you the one that we've been waiting for? In the third chapter of the book of Genesis, we'll find the earliest prophecy of the Messiah who was to come. Genesis 3 verses 14 and 15 says this, So the Lord God said to the serpent, um, who was inhabited by Satan, obviously, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This phrase, the woman's seed, is thought by many, including rabbis and Jewish scholars and Christian scholars alike, to refer directly to the Messiah. And uh, the serpent is referring to Satan, whom God is directly addressing in verses fourteen and fifteen, because you have done this, you will curse more than all cattle, etc. Now we know historically that in crucifixions, the Romans would drive a nail or a spike through the two heel bones of the victim in Crucifixion, as one recently discovered body of a crucified Jewish person, dating to the time of Christ, attests to. So we can see the woman's seed, the Messiah, Christ, is to bruise Satan's head, while Satan shall bruise the Messiah's heel. It's said that the one who was to become Jesus Christ, the Word, the Logos, in John chapter 1, was set apart for sacrifice for mankind's redemption from the foundations of the world. And in Genesis 3, verse 15, we see the prophetic word of the Messiah's eventual death. In fact, God himself is prophesying the Messiah's death way, way, way back. Uh, I have to say that right here I'm indebted to uh, uh, Reverend Josh McDowell for this insight. I think it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, way of looking at it but you know the promise of a saviour was continued through throughout the old testament uh, uh, in the books of genesis ezekiel daniel zechariah malachi etc etc and so we can see that from very very ancient times and from the very beginning prophetic words had been recorded about the coming one who would save mankind from their sins And throughout the Old Testament God promised the Israelites freedom and independence. God had chosen them to be his representatives on earth. God wanted to bless them mightily so they could display his glory. But as we know over the years they continually disobeyed him. They had ignored his ways they had proved themselves totally unworthy of his call. So at various times God had given the nation over to the rule of many different nations in the hope of bringing them to their senses. At this point in their history, in the time of Jesus, Rome was their ruler and the Roman army were the occupying troops in Jerusalem. You know, it seems amazing to us now, looking back with the inevitable 2020 vision, that the nation of Israel were not aware that they were in such trouble. The Gospels attest to this. They say that if the Jews had known what was happening, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Jesus knew this when he prayed on the cross. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. You know, when we're thinking about the truth, there seems some times in in, in our lives when um, searching for the truth seems desirable maybe there's something inside every human being that would like to know the truth uh, before we were christians my wife and i searched around and we tried many different theories many different religions many different philosophies because we were looking for the truth when we came up with some really weird stuff sometimes uh, we remember talking about uh, somebody called Lobsang, Ramper and and the Third Eye. I mean, if you're a follower of his today, I do apologise, but uh, I I never really did understand it much. But if one was merely curious, you know, just like casually searching for truth can be quite dangerous. The reason for this is because God wants us to discover truth. It's really out there to be found. And if you want it badly enough you can find it. However, truth doesn't always come in a form that's immediately acceptable. Truth can make itself costly to one's comfort zones. Be warned, discovering the truth can be dangerous. Jesus did not come in a way that was acceptable to his contemporaries. The modern apostle John Wimber was fond of saying God sometimes offends the mind in order to reveal the heart. I heard him say it many, many times. You see, because knowing the truth about something may become very uncomfortable because the truth demands that you respect it. And it may put you in a position of having to do something about it. You might just have to change your mind about things and actually do things differently. I remember being challenged early on about the way I handled truth long before I was a Christian Um, the guy that was talking to me about Jesus said do you believe Jesus was the son of God well I'd been taught as a youngster that he was I mean it was just tradition in those days when I automatically answered yes what I got back was another question well what difference does it make to your life And I had to truthfully reply, well, um, it doesn't really. What came back at me was the devastating statement, well, you don't really believe it then. Because if you did, it would make a huge difference. And at that moment, I was faced with one of the biggest challenges of my life. I had to decide whether I actually believed or not. You know, even after we've made strong steps of faith and we've chosen to believe something, we can wobble and have doubts about our decisions when the results don't seem to line up with our beliefs. When the pressure's on, we can get really insecure about the things that we believe in, even things we've given our lives to. This is the dilemma that John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, found himself in when he asked the question of jesus are you the one or is there something else somebody else john had been preparing the way for christ for years uh, and gone through the the, the most awful uh, libations and, and discipline in order to do it a voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare the way of the lord he'd actually been uh, the one that baptized jesus and at the baptism, John had actually seen the glory descend on Jesus. He'd seen the Holy Spirit descend as a dove, and he'd actually heard the voice from heaven say, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. But you see, John was now in jail and sent to Jesus to ask him the question Are you the one who was to come? or should we look for another? Matthew 11, verse 2. John was aware that he was in trouble, and he could lose his life, and really wanted reassurance from his cousin and his Lord that he would die for the right reasons. Jesus' answer was classic. Go tell John what you see. The blind see, the lame walk, those who are sick are healed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preach to the poor. And then he encouraged his cousin with these words, Blessed is he who does not fall away on account of me. When times are tough, we can be tempted to turn our back and walk away. We have more opportunity to feel insecure, especially at the moment, but we need to hear the Lord's words, Blessed is he who does not fall away. These troubled times that we're living through are an opportunity to grow in the grace and favour of the Lord Jesus Christ as our faith is tested by adverse circumstances. John went to his death still a believer but his question still rings out across the years Jesus, are you the one? That's a question that we all have to Decide for ourselves, Jesus, are you really the one I should be following? Jesus replied, Blessed is he who does not fall away on account of me. God bless you. I've really enjoyed this first series, and we hope that you'll tune in next week when we're starting a new series on the subject of the search for destiny. And purpose. God bless you and be kind to one another. And don't forget, you can download all of these episodes as a podcast from our website, www.folliesend.org.